the people that it really matters for, I think the most that are really heavily affected right now are actually the pre-med students. Yeah. yeah right? Because, sure. you know, everyone's on Facebook Those saying it was guys. suck to be a pre-med this oh, year. Gosh. Honestly, because it's like you're already so stressed and there's been people that have been preparing since before they were even first year. Like, they've been preparing well, they're they're born. <laughs> and then now it's like, oh, actually, we're going to change it. It's like yeah. everything you thought you knew. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it is you know, objectively worse. So like, here's the thing is that, okay, pre-med this year is, is harder in a way, but in a way it's actually not harder. So the way that it's not harder is in that the amount of content is a lot less than it has been in previous years. So yeah. like, if you look at 10 years ago, the amount of actual content that's covered in pre-med now is like, maybe it might le legitimately be like half mm? of what used to be covered. So the amount of content has reduced by a lot. However, the most important aspect of pre-med or getting into medicine has never been the amount of content. It's been stress. <laughs> Welcome back to Subcut, the medical-ish podcast where we talk about things that we think will be relevant for high school students, medical students, doctors, and anyone else that's interested in medicine. My name is Justin Sung. I used to be a doctor. I'm Emma. I'm a third year physiotherapist student. And I'm Neil. I'm a fourth year medical student. <laughs> Topic of the day is going to be the topic of the whole world recently, every day, is COVID. But we'll, we'll talk a little bit about our experience through COVID and what that was like. Um, and from me, because I wasn't really in clinical settings anymore, I'll talk about what students have been, their cumulative experiences seem to have been. So, um, Neil, you want to start off with your... Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, well, like... I'd say from my perspective as a fourth year specifically, uh, we were all waiting on the emails and stuff as everything was getting ramped up by all those um, you know, announcements that were happening across those really momentous weeks. Um, and we ultimately were told that we're not going to be spending any time in the hospital anymore. And after like a three weeks total since the start of the year, being told to go back home for another indefinite period of time, I was like, oh, great, like, there's, so there's is, nothing else there. This is a big left. deal, right? Because if, yeah. so if you don't know, the... The way that medical training works is that from fourth year onwards, you are full-time in hospital. And we talked about this before, is that your learning happens clinically, mm. right? And so for you to have your majority of where the clinical learning is meant, and this is where you really learn most of your real-world sort of career-based skills you learn in fourth, fifth, and sixth year. To be told that you don't go to hospital, that's just like a really huge, it's like a big... Yeah. Um, change yeah yeah and like that itself I, uh, to summarize everything you can't replace the clinical experience in any other way we had our um regular sort of daily or uh, every every two days tutorials that we attended um and that would just be for a few hours in the day itself but otherwise like it sort of just went back into this recording um lecture recording sort of style format where people were going back to being disengaged, just being there to show, not even their faces, because you can, uh, using Zoom, you can mute your microphone, block your face recording as well. And so you're just a name that's on the screen and the, the lecturer will come in like, hey, how, how, are we, how are you guys today? So I'm gonna be talking to the wall because no one can see anything right now. What, what placement were you on, sorry? So at the time I was doing geriatrics, so older people's health, um, and then I moved into uh, general medicine. Yeah. Yeah, so two, Actually, like okay, Jerry's, uh, but like <laughs> gen med, I really Jerry. wanted to get a good no, clinical experience in that as really well. important as a fourth year because geriatrics is one of the runs where you have patients that are long stayers and they mm. often have multiple conditions. So geriatrics is one of the runs where you get to practice your clinical skills the most. Yeah. 
I think more so than general medicine in a lot of ways. So yeah. geriatrics, by the way, is o- older people's health. In fact, it's not really called geriatrics anymore in a lot of places. It's called older OPH. people's health. Yeah, yeah OPH. Um, and so I, I've actually personally, I thought geriatrics was like more sort of politically correct than older people's health, but apparently not. Anyway. <laughs> I think that's because like no one no one ever knew what geriatrics actually meant. Yeah, well, um, yeah. So as a, as a student, o- OPH is one of those normally really high value learning mm. um, runs. So, so you got to complete that. But yeah, yeah. But again, just through like online tutorials oh, or just over like Zoom. Did they try to make it kind of like clinically or like what you'd see? Yeah. Or were they just teaching to you like normal? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we, we had to go and find a case from the internet ourselves and then sort of find some pathology that, w- that it was associated with and then present that as a sort of presentation to the rest of the class, like a peer-reviewed sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like... It's sort of just stuff that we pick up from our lectures and then put together afterwards. Um, I feel like that would have been the most helpful and the most beneficial way to it. Um, But just like a normal lecture, like a physical lecture sitting as well, when you're in the lecture and the lecturer asks you a question and you can see that there are 40 other names in this lecture, um, sort of Zoom tutorial style, or maybe 150 other people in the class physically if you were there, no one's likely going to be like saying anything because Mm. everyone's too shy to speak up when there's that many people there. Um, so it ultimately sort of just went into these um, chat notifications sort of things. And it ended up being the same few people that were being included in the chat or contributing. And it sort of, it just turned into a way, okay, like I'm, my, my face is there now on the screen, but I'm going to be doing, doing something else on mm. my laptop and yeah. I'm not yeah. going to really pay attention. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying everyone was like that. Um, I had my moments where I was like that and my moments where I definitely wasn't like that yeah. as well. Because And um, especially if you're just at home, you know, and it's like, you're not gonna, you're not, you know, there's a lot that comes with yeah. getting into the clothing and then going to like, you know, even just the routine of it, you mm, know, and if mm. you're at home in your, in your bed or whatever, and you're just like, in your pajamas. Yeah. 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 Like. It's just <laughs> yeah. not a conducive. Yeah. How do you feel like, um, you got decent learning regardless or average at best? I suppose the fact that we have uh, extended years and the fact that I'll be doing my four, uh, four week or two week stint of Jerry's at the end of the year. So we're having an extended year with that yeah. probably means that I didn't get the full rundown. And like I said, the clinical experience isn't replaceable. Oh, so yeah. they're so extending the yeah, degree yeah. for how long? Like uh, I think weeks. by about a month or so. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. What was everyone's mm. reaction to that? Were they like, I understand it? Or were they like, what the heck? Like, yeah, no, well, like, I think there, there, partic- there were particular runs and duration of runs like anesthetics or emergency medicine, which are only one to two weeks, and you can't cut those ones down any, any smaller. Yeah. And there are longer runs like general medicine where it takes that sort of like experience and repeated exposure to things so that you can become proficient in the field mm. slightly as to whatever level a fourth year medical student <laughs> can become proficient. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think for the most part they were fine. We just wanted to know as soon as possible. For now, though, I just want to say kudos to all our class year reps and um, the staff that were liaising through all of this as well. They did get a lot of heat. Um, and Teresa Timo, if you're watching this, I love you. You're amazing. <laughs> Teresa Timo's watching this. I She's, call that a win. I, yeah, that's like, <laughs> we're done. We're done with this. Is it? Teresa Timo um, is the, one of the um, student yeah. sort of. What, what's, what's her role? Like administrative of the medical some, program oh, director. Yeah, yeah MPD. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, and she's just like admin queen. She's basically uh, like she's medical <laughs> mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everyone loves her. And um, I think Maya actually. I, I still don't know to what date uh, 
what to the reason to this date about what actually made her take some sort of time off or something like that. But um, but it might have just been the like excessive stress and stuff that I'm sure so many other staff members and some of my classmates and also were subject to, as mm. was everyone really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some like really really helpful people through this time made the process uh, a bit more bearable mm. for us and made sure that we're still learning because. Those uh, seven weeks, was it, that we were out? Um, it felt like I was returning back for the very first time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when I went yeah. outside, I felt like an indoor cat, like going outside <laughs> for the first time ever. You know? I, don't know if yeah. I don't know if anyone's seen that image of like the snow and like a single cat paw print. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is what my indoor cat thought. Was. That's what I felt. I was like, whoa. Like, I'm outside. I know, I know. Yeah. And every, like all the days just blurred into one. Like yeah. there was no, there's no sort of, separating factor it's just at home yeah and you do this i'm sure home. a lot of people can relate well i've been having a lot of messages from a lot of other healthcare mm. degrees mm. but you know you, your most of your learning is going to be through clinical right is it well our degree is basically all practical like we don't go out into placement until fourth year like when you have your whole fourth year in placement but everything that we do in the every way that we are assessed is practical so the way our, uni our degree is structured, like most of our papers, we do 100% of the paper and then you get assessed in 20 minutes, like with a hypothetical patient. And you literally just go, this examiner gives you a question, they like branch off of this person's symptoms, they tell you to assess them, they treat them, and then that's like the whole entire paper done. And so it's like, when you... When practical components are like the entirety of your paper and you have no idea what's going on, everything gets changed, it's sort of just like, well, what am I doing now? And so now that they've like made it more, I mean, more booky, I guess, <laughs> and less practical, I definitely don't feel prepared to go out into placement now because right. I feel like actually mm -hmm. doing the treatments and practicing because at the end of the semester, you have no idea what you're going to get assessed on. You just go in and you get assessed for 20 minutes. Mm. Like the amount of practice that you put into everything, you learn everything so well mm. and you learn it to such a like proficient extent. Like you know how to do every like manipulation, whatever you need to do. And now it's like, you haven't had to do that, but we're going to be going out on placement. We're going to be seeing people with these conditions. And mm. all I know is about your pathology, but I don't know how to treat it like, mm. you know, physically. And so it's just been like a massive change. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, cause you guys would have so much practical component your stuff yeah yeah well. yeah like 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 you as well you probably have even more because a lot of it, it is physical <laughs> yeah in that way. um yeah yeah but uh do you feel less prepared or oh, like, you still have heaps of time to go in clinical but it's sort of like it's a really valuable time like the amount that you can learn in just four weeks like even just the lockdown period the amount that you could have learned like practical skill wise mm. that you don't have or that you feel a setback is like yeah for yeah. me, at least, I feel anxious about it. Yeah. yeah, And that's the purpose of these clinical years, to develop that clinical experience and the mm -hmm. clinical knowledge that's there. But I feel like there's so much as it is in the theory side of things anyway that yeah. like we could still keep occupied with that. It's mm -hmm. just... Yeah. It's just okay. Here's the other, ha other side, though, right? Which I think it, it kind of balances it. That mm -hmm. To be totally honest, the amount of time that you spend in clinical mm -hmm. is more than is necessary to gain what you would gain from that clinical experience, right? So what I mean is that you don't actually need to be spending, for example, six weeks in there. If you were really applying yourself during the full six weeks, do you yeah. know what I mean? So like, yeah. yes, we missed, you know, you missed four weeks from clinical experience. Mm. However, if you, it, it's actually, you know, make up a bull through <laughs> just being like a good applied sort of student. It just yeah. takes, takes more effort. And honestly, mm. like sometimes clinical days are very long. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tiring. So it's it's hard to do You'll that. But it is. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, you know, when by the time you finish training and uh, you've got however many weeks of clinical experience, right? Like a hundred something, you know, almost 200 weeks of clinical experience, right? Or 150, yeah, 140 about weeks okay. of clinical experience by the time you graduate. Missing four of those is not going to be the, you know, be all indoor by any means mm, mm, and so mm. i think at the end like when, when you think about like when you graduate and you're working like are you going to be any less of a well equipped or qualified like mm. professional I, I don't think so yeah, yeah. yeah. An and i think that's kind of the important thing yeah, yeah. i don't feel like i'm going to be less like any less but like for us this entire semester was mainly for our practical component was about this entire like spine and treating the spine and so it's like, now when I go out into clinical, I'm just going to be like, like, I know it's wrong, but like, I don't know how to help you. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? And so like, and like, we're not going to go revisit the spine ever again. So it's like, it kind of makes me worried that the first time that I ever experienced properly assessing and treating a person, like physically assessing and treating a person, that I'm going to, it's going to be like maybe the first time. And I guess that's upon me to do that in my own time. Yeah. But it's mm. just, I don't know, like having the, like obviously like study helps in some type of way and yeah it kind of just like yeah you know, no I, I less confidence yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing that i think we've already mentioned about yeah. uh, when i said um oh just my take and i think it was a month into medicine one of the recent episodes yeah. mm. but it was the fact that a proactive mm. student whatever healthcare specialty that you're from um will have the opportunity to make up for those four weeks that we've missed out yeah. or whatever it was, or the fact that you've missed out your spinal <laughs> yeah. like the practical experience yeah. and stuff. Um, just as even if we didn't work, even if we didn't miss out any of that stuff, I'm sure we can all say like from the students and stuff that are listening, there's a significant portion of our day that we're sort of just like mindlessly following the team around sometimes. And yeah. we're sort of just like, ah, oh, call them lemmings. That's cool. You call them lemmings. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You said lemons. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But the, you know, okay. So, the people that it really matters for, I think the most, that are really heavily affected right now are actually the pre-med students. Yeah. yeah right? Because, sure. you know, everyone's on Facebook Those saying it was suck to be a pre-med this oh, year. Gosh. Honestly, because it's like you're already so stressed and there's been people that have been preparing since before they were even first year. Like, they've been preparing. Well, they even they're born. Like, <laughs> you know? And they're then now it's like, oh, actually, we're going to change it. It's like yeah. everything you thought you knew. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it is you know, objectively worse. So, like, here's the thing is that, okay, pre-med this year is, is harder in a way, but in a way it's actually not harder. So the way that it's not harder is in that the amount of content is a lot less than it has been in previous years. So yeah. like if you look at 10 years ago, the amount of actual content that's covered in pre-med now is like maybe it might le legitimately be like half mm? of what used to be covered. So the amount of content has reduced by a lot. However, the most important aspect of pre-med or getting into medicine has never been the amount of content. It's been stress. And stress is a yeah. thing that has affected more agree. people and it affects them in more significant ways and mm -hmm. it undermines the amount of work that they're doing mm -hmm. and how good that work is. So in a way, because the stress has increased and there's so much more to think about, the most important thing, the thing that held back the most people with the biggest limitation has just become even bigger. Mm -hmm. So I think that a lot of the people and people, people continue to message me, if not multiple times a day, at least once a day. Yeah about this sort of thing. They're pre-med students and they're just stressed out to hell and they don't know what to do. Is that also because like, I guess when it's, when your GPA has to be so high, most people are getting like A's or A pluses and that's like a defining factor, but now everyone's got the grade bump. 
So is that kind of like a thing as well? Like that, everyone's that, getting A pluses. That's now? an additional thing. But that, yeah. So so like you know even before all of this, the most important thing about getting into medical school, school, the most important factors were right. You can manage your stress. You can manage your time and be self driven and man, you know be kind of like an active person that takes ownership of yourself and know how to do that. Mm. And then you have good studying habits and good studying skills. Mm. That was the, always the, you know, like trifecta. You need those things in that order because they're rate limiting in that, in that order as well. So the students right now, because of the grade bump, they're going to be even more affected mm. by needing those same three things, yeah. right? The people that, for example, you know, there's a clinical selection test, right? So um, they're sitting another, another test, which is testing them on their first semester information in the second semester, at the beginning of the second semester. So it's like an additional oh, exam, yeah. right? So and you have UCAT before and that? And you've got UCAT in the middle oh, of the middle. Okay. Yeah, so you've got UCAT in July, which is, by the way, becoming increasingly really important, right? Mm. Because if everyone's oh, yeah. got an A+, plus, for example... What's separating you? Nothing separates you except for the UCAT and the interview. And you can always yeah. be separated on that because there's, you know, 3,000 plus possible points that you can get. And even if you do it by percentile you can differentiate a 59th percentile from a 58th versus a 60th percentile. Mm. You can make that fine differentiate. And same with the interview, it's out of 240. Mm. So it means that the grades become the gatekeeper. Yeah. And then the deciders are the UCAT and the interview. Mm. And yet to get a good enough grade on the gatekeeper, now you need to have an exam after the first semester, right? With students able to sit the exam for 24 hours, like I know some degrees yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. So there was so online tests open for... Book. Open book, 24 hours. And I guess because we're going to go back in second semester, those students that didn't actually learn the content in the first semester are, are going to be They're going to be screwed. Shoot. Yeah, exactly. Frick, they exactly. would have thought it was so awkward so, until the CSD announcement. Well, you know, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't <laughs> have thought that like, oh, if, yeah. they, if they um, tuned into the two live streams that I held. <laughs> okay, <cool>. Plug. <laughs> explicitly telling them, do not, you know, fall into that trap. Learn your stuff deeply because if the university makes changes, they will make changes to make it as fair as possible. And yeah. There you go. And so... Top of mid size. So it's like Oof, if you're, I'm if getting you're stressed. falling behind by like a week, you know, already it's kind of like, oh, you know, but if you prepare for an entire test worth of information or an entire exam's worth of information, and now you know that you understudied two, three weeks of information, when are you going to catch up on that? During yeah. the inter-semester break? Well, that's rest time taken away that you probably needed and that's UCAT time taken away that you definitely would have needed. And probably if you're a good interview preparation student or just a good interviewee, that's when you're that's, starting that's when to you sort start, of yeah, think thinking about it, about it as well. Yeah. So there's a lot of detriments to people that th there are significantly more detriments to people that were lazier, that weren't as self-driven or people that didn't have as good stress management, or didn't have good study skills. These people are even more affected. Now, like a lot of my students who are better at those things, they actually are finding that this period has been advantageous for them because mm. they have been able to pull ahead past the crowd mm. a lot more. Mm. Do you think there'll be a way that the medical school like facilitates those that had extra barriers added? So for example, having to like work more because for example, like a parent has lost exactly. their job or something. Yeah. Like, will they facilitate that? Well, think? that's the thing is that I don't know. And that's the thing that I'm more worried about. Okay, yeah. look, if you were a fine student, you didn't have anything to worry about and you were just a, honestly, just a lazy shit. Okay? <laughs> and then it's like, see ya. <laughs> you know? And, and, we are out there. And despite, you know, me having two live streams <laughs> where I told you exactly. Did not attend. <laughs> you know, this is my recommendation. That's plug number two. <laughs> There'll be more coming. <laughs> if, if, you know, if you were just... If you just, you know, mismanaged yourself, mm. 
Well, look, that that honestly, that's your fault. It's just your fault. And yeah, yes, it's unfortunate that it happened, but it happened to everyone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if you if your priorities weren't right, then that's going to be the issue. But the real issue is that the people that didn't have a choice, you know, yeah, yeah, people that had to pick up another job. I've got students that had to pick up another job. I've had students that have actually pulled out of the year because they weren't able to, you know, yeah. so. I think what's going to happen is that this year, the disparity gap of people that enter into medical school is going to increase. And the, the students that I work with in high school, you know, they're in, you know, health science academies or whatever, trying to get into medical school. What are they going to do? Mm. Right. Because now they're like not even sitting externals. Yeah. They don't, oh, yeah. You know, really? what's, what's going to happen with the university entrance? So there's a lot of issues. Yeah. Um, in that space. Mm. So I think definitely even from hearing our perspectives, COVID's affected everyone in different ways and there'll be people that have affected even more far beyond this and people who maybe even benefited from COVID being able to chill at home. But overall, just hope everyone's doing the best they can Mm. during a really tricky and really unexpected situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, figure out what you can and can't take control of, what you can and can't influence and change Mm -hmm. and just focus focus in on what you can do at least and it takes a little bit of mental exercise to, you know, just yeah. not worry about all the other stuff. But I mean, you, it, everyone has been affected. Yeah. Yeah. But the people that are going to be the least affected or the people that can even jump ahead from this are the ones that can really quickly identify what is in my control right now. What can I still leverage? What, mm. what, I, what have I not lost at mm. least? And then make the most out of that. Including and, helping others where you can. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. basic things like looking out for each other. You know, I know that a lot of pre-med is listening to this. <laughs> for you know, sure. looking out for each other is not <laughs> the top of their priority list, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. But um, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of all I want to say. Hopefully, um, no one else has had too much of a um detrimental experience from this. Not unrecoverable. I think a lot of the stories that you hear, like or see on social media, you know, just as much as we see all the negative stuff that's pushed out, you know, there is still a lot of the positive stuff. And if you don't kind of look for it and you're not kind of taking it in and you're not paying attention to it, then mm. it can really suck you under and put yeah. you into like a real negative spiral, especially yeah. if you're sitting yeah. at home, just social yeah. mediaing all day. Yeah. 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 And counting your blessings just goes such a long yeah. way over there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, make sure to just... Uh, <laughs> Third plug. Resuscitate that like <laughs> button and dissect the subscribe. <laughs> and we'll um, see you yeah. later. We'll yeah. catch you next time. You know, I don't want to do that again. Let's live. We're keeping that, Jaden. We're keeping that. Thanks for tuning in to Subcut. If you guys have any suggestions for content, please make sure you send it through. You can get in touch and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Or find us on our website at jttmed.com slash subcut. Subcut is a podcast brought to you by JTT. If you or anyone you know is interested in a career in medicine, make sure to get in touch and check us out at jttmed.com.